Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a sponsored program that does not reflect the opinions or policies of KEIB AM 1150 The Patriot or iHeartMedia. But it's free house in front with 50 yards to run. And it's going to be free house too. The John comes right back and in. time for Inside Racing, a full hour of coverage on everything going on in the sport of kings here in Southern California and around the country. And here's your host, Jason Levine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? Happy Saturday morning to you. It is a beautiful Saturday morning here in Southern California. It should be a gorgeous day, and it's Gold Cup Day out at Santa Anita at the Great Race Place. It's Great Race Day. So, and it, there's just no let up in racing. This, this almost snuck up on me. How can the Gold Cup sneak up on me? It shouldn't. It's one of the all-time legendary, historic, classic West Coast races. One of the top three. Anyway, and we have a good one uh, today. So very excited about the Gold Cup card. Uh, specifically the Gold Cup City of Light and Accelerate, who went at it, threw it down back at Oaklawn uh, in what was uh, really... Well, that was a classic um, in the Oaklawn Handicap, April 14th on Arkansas Derby Day. And um, City of Light got the better of Accelerate, stretching out to a mile and an eighth. And today stretches out even farther to the classic distance of a mile and a quarter. That is the big question today, whether or not City of Light can get the mile and a quarter. Accelerate has already done that, winning the big cap, although that was in the slop. Um, so City of Light, Accelerate, and then Dr. Door, the new shooter, trained by this guy. You, I don't know if you've heard of him. Pretty good with dirt horses. His name is Baffert. Um, this horse has only won uh, three in a row, the last two for fun. Uh, last one was the Californian, which is the prep for this, by seven, geared down at the wire, and now steps way up in class. Not way up, but you know, significantly to face Accelerate and City of Light. Accelerate has to give four pounds to City of Light and Dr. Door. Pavel are also in there for Doug O'Neill, the red-hot Doug O'Neill. So that's race five today, the Gold Cup. Race five should be about 2.30, 2.35 post time for the big one. Followed right up uh, immediately by the Charlie Whittingham, mile and a quarter on the turf. It's in the post, the key there. And then two races later, the third grade one of the day. Yep, three of them, the Game Lee. And one of the shippers, Uni, is out and so that means it's Hawksmoor coming back out here. Almost won the Matriarch. 
and is back to face a kind of a so-so group of locals. So, uh, including Mopatism for, again, the red-hot Doug O'Neill trying to take to the turf. And I think Mopatism has a, a shot in there for sure. Uh, she's very classy, very talented. She's had a little break. And everything Doug O'Neill is sending out is running huge. So watch out for Mopatism in the game lead. And I'll get back to that in a couple of minutes. But, uh, yeah, really good card, really good gold cup. And we'll dig into that a little bit. Obviously, we've got Steve coming on fairly soon. We've got Roger Neubauer. And we've got Jay Friedlander. And I have to say, nice to hear from a lot of folks and not surprised after last week. Uh, Preakness Day, and uh, they gave out, as I casually mentioned, what was a pick three at Santa Anita, the three handicappers, and they hit it. <laughs> $223. Steve kicked it off with the price, cordiality, eleven twenty one for fun. Couldn't have been easier. Uh, nice ride by Gary Stevens, kind of busting the race open there, veteran move. Jay got Nova home with young Mr. Franklin Sabalos, six sixty. Strong play there. And then Roger Newbarrow had three horses, all prices. And young Mr. Sabalos came up the rail, outfought Ike Walker, who was the horse they were playing against there. And boom, $223 pick three for a buck. Cost $3 to play it the way I did. And uh, according to some of the emails I got, some of you did. Some people went all on that last leg. That's fine. And some people added the last leg of the pick four and hit that uh, for, I think it was around 1000 something like that. Anyway... I think that's as good as you can do uh, as a, a show, <laughs> and that's what we try to do and, and have fun doing, and boom, there it was. So pretty cool uh, thing to have happen on a big, big day, and uh, that was after uh, all the uh, Preakness action, so a lot of fun, and uh, that's great, and thanks for some of you letting us know that you made really nice scores there and uh, had fun doing it, so pretty sweet stuff. That was great, and uh talk more about it roger hit the exact and the try in his race there too i think the try was over 200 also hit it at arlington park so yeah it's a pretty big day pretty pretty good now to the preakness uh-huh well i called that one i guess steve will come on and give me a little credit for that but uh, i was pretty on top of the preakness but boy was that a fun race boy did that turn out to be more dramatic than most people thought uh with the weather especially the fog obscuring the horses couldn't really see them uh, the match race that I predicted did happen between Good Magic and Justify. Uh, Jose Ortiz doing, I think, the only thing he really could do, taking it to Justify, making him earn it, and boy, did he. He put away Good Magic late, and then he uh, had enough to hold off Tenfold, who ran big, and Bravazo, who just came at, just came flying the last 100 yards, almost got there. But Justify goes to the Belmont, and here we go again. And, uh, boy, the excitement is there. He looks vulnerable now. Um, whether he is or not is another question, but he certainly appears to be, which is great for the game. So, whew, man, uh, fun Preakness, and now here we go. And um, there has been already one defection uh, from the Belmont, and that's because of the similar ownership. Uh, well, let's hear a little audio and hear kind of how this happened. Do we, do we have that? No. That's not what we were looking for. Anyway, we'll get that audio. Um, but uh, Audible, who is also owned by Windstar and the China Horse Club, as is Justify, would have been the second or third choice in the Belmont. But he's not going to run. They managed to find, you know, something not quite right with him, <laughs> which, of course, we knew they were going to say that. They took a week, which was pretty cheesy to do it, but then they finally did it. Do we have that? Let's hear it. I believe this is how it went down. 
Danny Noonan will not be running in the Belmont, nor will Audible. Uh, as you heard, the Rodney Dangerfield fake arm injury there from one of the great movies of all time, Caddyshack. Thought that was uh, apropos for what's going on with Audible, who is uh, not going to run in the Belmont. And we will see Audible in the Haskell or Travers. He'll be fine. He'll run huge because he's getting a nice little break here. And this is one of the things that's wrong with the game now. Uh, all these really rich guys are getting in and I was talking to Steve about this. I'll go ahead and say it for a second. I don't understand it. All these hedge fund guys, these hugely uh, wealthy, successful, competitive guys, I would have thought when they jumped in the game would just want to beat each other. But instead what's happened is they own horses with each other. A lot of times they're like, yeah, I'll take a piece of that. You take a piece of that. I don't get it. It kind of goes against everything they always did to get to the spot where they got, being kind of ruthless and competitive. And now we end up with these kind of situations where there's a lot of common ownership of some of these very expensive, really good horses. And you end up with situations like this where one of the big uh, contenders and a horse that could have denied the Triple Crown just simply isn't going to run because they have two groups that own both horses. And, of course, they don't want to, you know, knock their own chances. Ah, man, I don't know. So that's where we're at there. But... We do have uh, some serious challengers. Hofberg is going to run. Vino Rosso is going to run. Uh, Bravazo is going to run in the Belmont. So Justify is going to have to earn it. The weather report uh, pretty far out looks good. We all want a dry track. It's a little scary what Justify might do on a dry track. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, he had two wet tracks and certainly dominated on those and showed what he could do. And Boy, uh, I, I think there's some in the Justify camp. I think that I actually saw a comment from the assistant trainer saying, hey, you know what? Good, if it's dry, watch out, because wait till you see what he does on that. Um, the edge that Justify has is his speed. There does not appear at this point to be a lot of speed in the Belmont. Noble Indy might run. He has some speed, but I don't know how good is he. Um, and can he get the mile and a half? No, but he might keep Justify uh, on his toes early. If not, this could be Justify out there by three or four lengths just cruising, and then the only question will be, can he do this much racing in this short a time and get a mile and a half? But he might be able to do it the easy way. So we'll have to monitor that the next couple weeks. Uh, very exciting, and you know what? American Pharaoh did it. Justify is a real serious racehorse. Uh, that was very impressive what he did last week. <laughs> really, really impressive. And uh, we'll, we'll find out in a couple weeks on what will be an epic Belmont day. So that's going to be just great. Looking forward to it. Um, all right. Uh, a couple things about the Gold Cup. First of all, it came up a great race, which is kind of the most important thing. But while I was just looking back at the recent history of the Gold Cup and just, just remembered a few things. Um, there was Chantal Sutherland winning on Game On Dude. Uh, first uh, female jockey to ever win the Gold Cup. Uh, the dude, pretty impressive, won back-to-back. -back. There was Rail Trip. Remember him in 2009? Rail Trip, really good uh, handicap horse trained by Ron Ellis. But my memory of Rail Trip is one day I was at Hollywood Park, and they were schooling uh, Rail Trip. I think it probably, probably was prior to the Gold Cup, now that I think about it. And Zenyatta, who did not run in the Gold Cup because the Mosses had another horse 
that ran in all those races. I think it was Tiago. Uh, should have been Zenyatta. Anyway, they brought Zenyatta in the paddock because she was going to run. And <laughs> she came in the paddock when Rail Trip was in there, and she punked him. For a better lack of a better way to put it, she walked in that paddock like she owned it, which she did. That was her home base. And Rail Trip was in there, and he, I kid you not, he glanced over, saw Zenyatta, she saw him, she kind of buffed out, you know, raised up on her toes like, yeah, what's up? And he just shrunk away, turned his head, walked away, put his head kind of down, and never looked back at her. Wanted nothing to do with her in the paddock. And horses, no. <laughs> and uh, I was with Tom Quigley, formerly of Horse Player Magazine, does the seminars now. We kind of looked at each other and went, whoa, okay. <laughs> that was that was interesting. So that's kind of my memory of Rail Trip. Sorry to say it. He was a very good horse, but boy, ugh. He, uh, well, like a lot of horses, he saw her and went, oh, that's a whole different story there. So that was Rail Trip. Lava Man won three in a row, 2005, six, and seven. And I said we were going to wait on this audio, but I think I want to do it. I got to I got to admit I forgot how close a couple of those were. Let's listen to 2006 Lava Man trying to go back to back. Do we have that? Come to the final furlong and Magnum has lost the lead to Lava Man. Lava Man is ahead in front. Magnum is battling on bravely and coming back. Ace Blue's only a length from Lava Man. Lava Man has the lead. He's put away Magnum, but Ace Blue is charging. Lava Man, Ace Blue right together. I think Ace Blue had his nose down on the wire. This is desperately close, but I think Ace Blue may have pulled off a shocker. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In the Hollywood Gold Cup. And that's why announcers shouldn't do that. Vic. That was one of Vic's flaws, and uh, there it was right there. Ace Blue did not beat Lava Man. He could have. It was that close. But Lava Man got his nose down on the wire and uh, did beat the 24-1 to shot Ace Blue. That was Jerry Hollendorfer and Victor Espinoza getting beat by Corey Nakatani. And I had forgotten. I watched the whole day. He stumbled at the start badly, did Lava Man, and looked like he lost all chance there. And P-Val seized it on Magnum. But Lava Man was able to overcome all of that and get the job done. Then he came back in 07 and had another extremely close race and won that one uh, over, I think it was AP Excellent in 2007. So Lava Man, certainly think Gold Cup, you got to think Lava Man. Uh, and then there was Skyjack, 2002. That was a big one for me. I had Doug O'Neill on my radio show then, was a national show. That was his first big radio interview, Lafitte Pinkai getting Skyjack home. And uh, City of Lights, a lot like Skyjack. Can he get the mile and a quarter? Now, there's low, no Lafitte Pinkai to carry uh, City of Light. It's Drayden Van Dyke. Not exactly as strong a finisher as Lafitte Pinkai was there at the end of his career. But um, anyway, I remember that one, Skyjack. That was desperately close. And uh, he held off momentum in another epic Gold Cup in 2002. And then there was 2000, which was the coming out party for Victor Espinoza, a young jockey who hadn't won much, and he won on early Pioneer. So there's a few 
Gold Cups in recent memory that, uh, I don't know, I looked at the list and went, oh, yeah, just kind of, you know, interesting memories come up. We're going to see something good today. Uh, really excited to see City of Light, Accelerate, Dr. Door, maybe Pavel. Um, little Scotty will be out on the lead for a while. It's going to be fun. And um, I think City of Light does it. I, th I think he can do it. Uh, be interested to see. I'll be out there watching. All right. I know Steve is excited about it as well. So uh, let's let's bring him on, see how he's doing. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Jason. How you doing? I'm doing great, as you can tell. I'm excited. It's a big day. We got some really good horses running in the big race. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's all good right now. <laughs> Man, you're bringing back some great memories, some great memories of the Gold Cup. What a race it has been over the years. And some some very special memories out of there. And early pioneer, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that was Vladimir Serin, and I think that horse paid $50, $60 to yes. win that race. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that this was race is not always run, uh, always won by a favorite. It has been a race that price horses have been able to upset over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, what a great race it should be! Uh, you got three horses that are going to just throw down in this race. That the uh, the race coming out of uh, Oaklawn, the Oaklawn handicap that uh, City of Light ran and Accelerate ran, I think really clued off the betters. They were so much faster than the Arkansas Derby that was run just an hour or two later. And it was such a much faster race. And those two horses were far in front of the rest. And those two get to come back today and throw down again. And then you throw in Mr. Baffert with Dr. Dore, who, when he's been running, Jason, he has not been asked in his last two races. Very, very hard to put a number on where Dr. Dore is at because the jockey has just been absolutely sitting still with so much run. Right. And I think you've got a great, great, situation here today and Vladimir Sarin comes back with little Scotty who comes back pretty sharp and he's going to be a big price so but boy oh boy it looks like a heck of a race I'm not a huge Pavel fan I'll try to beat him today but uh this should be a heck of a race today yeah it's going to be a lot of fun and you mentioned little Scotty how about they run him 25 times on turf right he's turf horse he runs his whole career on turf they get rained off a, a turf race he wins by five on the dirt in a claiming race, and Seren goes, hey, geez, that was pretty impressive. Let's try him on the dirt again. And he goes a mile and a quarter and wins by seven. So how about that as a five-year-old? You know, let's try. Should, should we try the dirt? Oh, okay. That's unusual. He was very wide in that race too, Jason. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he can get away from these early. No, I don't it, think so. It seems like one of these is going to stay close enough to him. I was pretty surprised to see City of Light that far back when he stretched out last time. And yeah. uh, you would imagine that he's going to go. And, and for those of you who watched that City of Light Accelerate race, those horses were both very wide in that race. That track was big outside that day. Really, really favored the outside pass. So maybe the riders knew that, and that's where they were putting them. Or maybe that's just where they ended up. But all the winners were really rallying wide that day. So, uh, you know, maybe not as much credit for them because I know that the, the races, the numbers are going to come up bigger because they were so wide. Again, a huge outside bias that day at Oakland. But a great race nevertheless, Jason. Yeah, really. And um, I know you and I talked quite a bit about the Preakness. I know you had a couple comments on that. So, Oh, Jason. I mean, you got it. You, you went the whole show. You didn't say. What you came up with, with, with what I heard from the show last week, and oh. correct me if I'm wrong, you said that Good Magic was going to go after Justify. I wasn't sure when I started talking to you, but you kind of convinced me that the Ortiz group is not going to let anybody go. No. And that you thought Good Magic was the second best horse, but he would run against the best horse and Justify would end up winning. And that the new shooter, Brofazo, was going to make, make the big run late. And that he was the biggest threat because Good Magic was going to duel himself into fourth. 
And tenfold was the other new shooter, Jason. They ran one, two, three, four. Tri paid one forty eight, super paid three seventy two. Piece of cake. Grade one Jason, baby. <laughs> Piece of cake. Easy game. Yeah. That was fun. Um, I'm learning a little bit about Ortiz. They, they, either one of them, they don't give an inch. You're absolutely right don't. about that. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling an Angel Cordero as their agent. I'm just feeling mm-hmm. it because they just go after it. There was a race before the Kentucky Oaks in a turf race that Ortiz did that, and I think it was, I think that was Jay Ortiz as well. And I'm not 100 percent sure, but there was a. There's now we've seen three races to me in the last three weeks where they've said, you know what, justify. I'm not letting you go. He did it twice, and um, it's it's they're just very very similar to what Angel Cordero and certainly Angel Cordero's got to be one of the best five riders you and I have ever seen. Would you For agree sure. with that? Oh no question, no no yeah. doubt about it. And never gave an inch. I mean you don't. Nope. You're, you got to earn it. You're in a race with him. You're going to earn it, and that's where these guys are at. And that's what you want as a, you know, as a better. You want to know that you're going to get 110 percent, and uh, those guys do that. So no question. You did have a comment as well about Justify how impressive he was, and then I believe uh, our man Jerry Bailey <laughs> got you a little angry. So I wanted to throw that out there, and you quickly. Let I did the folks get a little know. angry, and I told you about this. That as they were going off the air on NBC, and gosh, NBC, please find a way to get this coverage better. But Jerry Bailey, I know you know this game. And for you to come off the air and say Justify doesn't compare to American Pharaoh, here, here's my take, Jason. Justify was in a hookup, a speed duel with good magic. Those two horses threw down for, for, for the first eight furlongs of a race. That's a mile and three-sixteenths, a mile and a quarter. Horses can't do that and last. See Cigar in the Pacific Classic. When you get in a speed duel, you layer, you, you make yourself vulnerable. Yep. To a big closer or two horses that are sitting behind getting the cake trip. And to pull out the time of the race is just, you can't do it there. You just have to look and say what Justify did was really special. And I'm not saying this horse is better than American Pharaoh. I'm not saying that at all. He's got to go on and do it in the third leg. But that race in the Billy Bog of all Billy Bogs in the <laughs> rain and yep. whatever you want to call that, to have a challenge from a very good horse in good magic like that and then to be able to hold those horses off, to me that was extremely special. And uh, i got to give Justify all of the credit for winning that race under those circumstances, exactly. winning that race in a hookup, in a speed duel, and still having enough to go a mile and 316s. Pretty special. It was. I couldn't agree more. Um, so I don't know what Jerry Bailey was smoking there, but uh, he's done those kind of things before. So great jockey eh. uh, as an announcer. Eh. Um, but anyway, uh, I agree about justifying. I know we're, we're very excited to see how it plays out from here. So we're that was get... me trying to get even with Jerry after just crushing me with all those favorites through the years. So <laughs> thanks. For, I, get, I, got to, I get to get my shot. That was my one chance. That right was your there. shot. Uh, all those horses you tried to beat and couldn't. And uh <laughs> <laughs> and you got him here, so that's fair. fair enough. He'd be okay with that. And and by the way, a very good golfer. So if you want your shot there, you know you might be able to get 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 that too. Um, I'm not going to comment. I'm not going there. Okay, don't. All right. Uh, well, I'll give you credit. Bernina Star yesterday, uh, nice price coming back down the hill. Uh, used the closing kick, twenty-one sixty. Best bet was very nice. He cashed a nice pick three there. And hey, you're the one that kicked off the radio play pick three. We couldn't have done it without you. Cordiality. Good pickup mount for Gary Stevens. He did the veteran ride, busted it open on the turn. He knew he had the horse, and it was game over. So nice when they win easy and pay 11 bucks, isn't it? 
you know, there are changes that you get before the races that you don't like when you like a horse, like a radio play, like I'm already committed. And that was one I was very, very happy with. Gary is certainly one of the guys out here, especially in a big turf race. He still has it. And the way he rode that, like you said, was a veteran move. He was sitting second. He didn't play cat and mouse with that horse that was on the lead who ended up running a nice second. He just went to the turn, put him away and said, that's it. Come get me, boys. I'm not going to sit here and wait for you and just end the race. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that was very well done. And uh, nice nice call on the radio there with cordiality. And that uh, actually kicked off what was fun for the listeners, back to back to back. And uh, you've had a nice little run here. So we go into today with, with those three big races and a couple other interesting races on the card. Uh, ready to do it again, right, sir? So where are you going to go? Yes, sir. Right. I am. We're going to go to race number six, Jason, the Charlie Whittingham. It, it seems like every time it's in the post runs here in California, I'm in. So, you know, speaking of a horse that you had a tough time beating, there's no doubt it's in the post. is a, is a very, very nice horse every time. And I really think if I had to put uh, a distance for it's in the post, I would say a mile and a quarter, mile and an eighth would be his best, even though he's run a lot of these races at a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. So there's certain no, – no doubt in my mind he's the one to beat. But what I see in here is an interesting situation. What of you at seven years old trying to stretch out for the first time a very fast horse – Tenji Storm, trained by Phil D'Amato, and I'll get to that a little bit later. It's a horse that has good natural speed. He's trying to go a mile and a quarter here. Tried it before. Don't think this horse wants to go that far, but certainly there is a lot of pace in here. Even Frank Conversation and Richie AP are not slow. Jason, I think this race sets up great for the outside horse number eight, Syntax, who is a trained by Phil, who is trained by Phil D'Amato, again, with that other horse in the race. Uh, Chief Franco rides this horse from the outside post. I like the way Franco rides this course. He's always trying to get over and save ground, always concerned with an outside draw about losing too much ground, especially when they start on the turn. But I believe this horse, with all the other speed to his inside, is going to end up working out a pretty good trip. There really is very, very little deep closures in here. And I got a feeling this horse is going to be at the back of the pack with Flamboyant, who did beat him up in San Francisco. But I think this is a better distance for him. And I think Syntax, who had a very big effort in this race last year and just missed to his rival again, who he's got to beat in here, uh, I think there's a good chance that this horse is going to go on and and do it today and get the money with the pace in here. Syntax at 4-1 to in the morning line is going to be my play. I'm going to play him to win. I'm going to use the one Flamboyant. I'm going to use the three-frank conversation coming out of that red-hot barn. You know, this horse has a good chance to keep improving. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, a lightly raced horse in here, only 18 starts for this one. I think this one could get better today and run his best race, and I'm also going to use it's in the post. So it's the eight-horse syntax for me. I think seven to two or better is a good play on this one. I'll play him to win, and we'll use one, three, and six in the exotics. It's the eight syntax. In the sixth race of Santa Anita. There you go. Trying to beat. It's in the post. Somewhere Jerry Bailey is smiling. Oh, he's trying to beat another favorite again. Yeah, I like the nice eight-week break they gave this horse. And, you know, we talked about uh, O'Neal and how hot he is. And Phil D'Amato's probably hotter. I mean, it's just uh, amazing. These guys get on a roll. And, uh, you know, he's been working this horse out on the training track, working great. So really interesting play here, getting the four pounds. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it'd be fun. Uh, the Whittingham's always a good one. Um, I know one of your favorite trainers of all time. How could he not be uh, growing up in the game in Southern California? There's never been a better turf trainer than Charlie Whittingham, or maybe just a tr- trainer, period. 
Um, and uh, this one should be fun. Uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It'll be fun to see how this how this race plays out, what the jocks do. Uh, like you said, it's going to be very, very interesting in here. So Syntax, Giovanni Franco, the new shooter uh, who's uh, made, made a name for himself out here in Southern California pretty quickly uh, on Syntax. Uh, in race yeah, Giovanni showed me something, Jason. Uh, you know, he, he took an inquiry on a, on I believe it was a Thursday or a Friday night. It might have been a Friday night, and came out the next morning in the first race. And I thought the inquiry was a little shaky. They took him down early in the race, going into the first turn, a little bit of a controversial call, mm-hmm. which we've had a lot of lately. But I, I didn't say anything to the stewards, by the way, when I called them. That was next day or the day after. But anyway. This guy came back the next morning and won the next race on the grass race. So I, I think he's he's really riding this turf course well, and I think he'll put a good effort in. I think you'll see a good ride on this, and if this horse runs as they race, I think he's got a big shot to beat it in the post today. There you have it. Race six, the Charlie Winningham. Grade two, Syntax, going to be the play for Steve. Steve, let's keep the roll going. Have some fun. we got some big races coming. Uh, we got the Beholder Mile next week, and then uh, I, I believe they're going to run that Belmont race uh, after the week after that. We're, we're, we're in a good spot right now. It's a fun time of year. <laughs> it sure is, Jason. And there's a, I think they're going to run at Delmar here pretty soon, aren't they? Delmar? Oh, man. <laughs> that's fun. That's happening. Yes, that's coming. It's coming. All right, man. Have a great day. Everybody have a great one out there. Can't wait to talk to you next week. All right. Steve Pollock doing his thing. Of course, RacingJason.com. You can also get him on the phone line, 877-915-1616 if you still use that. If not, obviously, RacingJason.com. Best bets and full card from Steve from Santa Anita. All right. We're going to take our first break. Uh, When we come back, got Roger Neubauer queued up and ready to go. He's been on a nice roll, and uh, he's got uh, three plays for you, followed by Jay Freelander. You're listening to Inside Racing on Gold Cup Day here on AM 1150. The Patriot AM 1150. Staples right there. His daughter Mavis and the Staples Singers. If you've forgotten about them, go back and dig in. My goodness. <laughs> Mavis. Talk about underrated. Yeah. Hey, before we get to Roger, i got to mention Soy Fett. I got a couple emails about this. And, man, he may be the only 10-year-old to win a stakes at Santa Anita. A 10-year-old Soy Fett in one of the great finishes of the meet. 
got his nose down because hey, he's a ten-year-old. He knows where the wire is. So you gotta love the uh, those old hard-knocking horses. Soyfed is one of them. So uh, full credit to the connections. Leonard Powell and crew uh, claimed him three, four years ago. Made almost a million dollars. That was awesome. See him get, get get down there and win a stakes race like that. We'll see him at Los Alamitos, I'm sure, and uh, on down the line. So good for Soyfed. Good for the game. Horses like horses like that stick around and do their thing is awesome. It's the other side of the three-year-old coin where they retire them and go to the breeding shed like they're going to do with Justify and did with Pharaoh, and then you get soy fat. So there you go. Uh, that was fun. And, uh, hey, I got to give credit to Steve. He said people were starting to play that jackpot pick six, and somebody was going to hit it, and they did <laughs> on Sunday. And I believe it was a crew down in the Seal Beach area, from what I understand. Four or five guys got together, pulled their money, and bam, 700 grand. So well done on that. That that. Uh, jackpot is gone, and there's there you have it. So uh, let, let's bring Roger on and uh, and get rolling with his uh, his action. Roger, good morning. Good morning, Jason. How are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, we got a lot of action today. I'll just give the quick recap, but there was a lot of pressure on you to bring home the radio play pick three, uh, and and you did. So good job. Uh, thank you. That was a nice ride, as you pointed out. It was. Young Mr. Sabalos did a veteran move up the rail there, and uh, you said use Ike Walker defensively. A couple people did that, so they caught the exact and a very nice try there. And uh, you also caught the try at Arlington. And then uh, I find out that in the next race at Arlington, you guys have a $75 best bet winner that you were considering giving out on the radio and <laughs> it didn't. Uh, so you, you hit one. You could have had that one. Yeah, every horse player's got a story, but that one was uh, that one was uh, a good one. And uh, uh, the bug boy uh, Nunes that uh, rode that one, we're going to use him a little bit in a race uh, that I'll do second today. But but yeah, that was uh, that was a nice call by the thoroughbred handicapper. Yeah, very much so. Back to back there, that double paid 160, but a 75 dollar best bet winner. That's that's doing the job and more. I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? To be able to uncover a horse that goes off at 36, 37 to 1 and really like the horse, uh, that's that's well done. So well done by you, well done by him. And uh, and we continue on in Arlington. Boy, he, you know, again, what was it, yesterday? He hit uh, the early pick five there. Um, yeah, $200 early pick five, bunch of winners, bunch of exactos. So really, uh, guy doing Arlington is doing a great job. So uh, we'll have an Arlington uh, today. Um, so where do you want to start? You want to start at Belmont? Uh, we're actually going to start at Churchill Downs. Oh, that's right. We're going to Churchill. Okay, there we go. Churchill Downs. Let's do it. So we're going to go uh, to race nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the favorite in this race, number eight, Honorable uh, Treasure, looks really good on paper, but it's just not that fast from a thoroughbred perspective. So the horse we're going to go with here is number five, Bourbon Country, uh, 12 to 1 morning line. Ran a real nice number, four and a quarter, breaking his maiden back at the fairgrounds. Not as good last time out at Churchill, but coming back today, Eddie Keneally, the trainer, is uh, very hot. Yes, he uh, is. Five for at Churchill and uh, Bourbon Country, 12 to 1, uh, just a win and place bet. We're not even going to uh, uh, play the exotics. In this one. Not, ev- not even messing around here. Just, just straight up, old school. That's that one. We're going to go to race six at Arlington Park. Uh, hold, hold on. Let me just recap it for the folks. So race nine. Oh, sure, at, sure. Yeah, race nine at Churchill. The five, Bourbon Country, 12 to one. I don't know if you're going to get 12 to one on this horse, but maybe like, I don't know, seven, eight to one, something like that. Anyway, the five, Bourbon Country, straight up, win in place. Race nine at Churchill Downs. 
the uh, English jock Adam Beskitza, who's a pretty solid rider, uh, rides for, like you said, a very hot Eddie Keneally, who's a very good trainer back there. So Bourbon Country at Churchill, and now we go to Arlington. Arlington Park. We're going to go to race six here, uh, maiden special weight on the turf. And we're going to go with the price here as well. The favorites are on the outside, carrying them out of weight. We're going to go with number three, embarrassing, at 12 to 1. Had a little bit of trouble first out at Tampa, but ran a nice number, uh, certainly a winning number in this race. And coming back now um, with some good time into this race, Chris Glock is an excellent trainer at Arlington Park. He teams up with Marquez for a lot of uh, nice wins. So number three, embarrassing. Uh, carrying 118 pounds, getting a point weight from the favorite. We're going to use him, or I'm sorry, we're going to use her in exotics with number one, Bird Key, yeah. who's um, ridden by the jockey who rode the 37 to 1 shot last week, Nunez, mm-hmm. getting almost three points uh, in weight from the favorite, 111 pounds. Right. And Number two, Regal Serenade, the other horse for Chris Black at 6-1 to one with another jockey. He uses quite a bit, Lopez. So we're going to key the three, and we're going to use him with the one, use her with the one-two uh, in the exotics. Hey, one-two-three worked last time. That, those were the horses at Santa Anita. They ran one-three, so that was good. Um, and uh, here again, the one-two and three in race six at Arlington, keying the three embarrassing second career start off what doesn't look like much of an effort in the form, but on, on your guys' numbers is a, a, a strong number, and that's the kind of horse you like. 12 to 1 morning line on the three, embarrassing with the one and two in race six at Arlington Park, where you guys have been doing some serious damage, and uh, this comes in nicely. It'll uh, be a pretty good payout as well. So, uh, all right, there's uh, Churchill, there's Arlington, and now we go to Santa Anita. So we're going to go with race eight here mm-hmm. uh, on the turf. And this is an extremely uh, competitive race. And I think you mentioned that Uni was out of this one? Yes, Uni is out. So this is an extremely competitive race. And in a race like this, you really need to look for a price, uh, uh, a horse that's competitive in here at the price. And that's number four, Sophie P at 12 to 1 morning line. This one got really good uh, in the last two races over in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Uh, sold privately, I believe, and brought over here. Uh, came out in April at Santa Anita. Ran a race that was better than it looked uh, wide, uh, but um, sort of got back to that number uh, at, in the U.K. last time out, five and three quarters, and then went to four and a half. We're hoping for the same thing here today. The jockey uh, switched to DeSormo, uh, who... Uh, Tends to ride big in these spots, so at 12 to 1, we're going to go with uh, Sophie P. All right, again, this is second time in the U.S. Darren Pearson privately purchased this horse, and uh, Jim Cassidy is the trainer. He's looking for his first win of the the new meet out here at uh, Santa Anita. This is the type of horse that can get it done for him. Uh, and like you said, the switch here to Kent DeSormo, one of the better turf riders we've ever seen. And uh, like you said also, in the, in grade ones, Kent puts on his game face and gets, and gets the work. Um, uh, Sophie P looking for that improvement that she showed last time in her last two races in Europe. And uh, you get that kind of improvement here. She is right there uh, against what I thought was a pretty weak grade one field, frankly. This is uh, not much here. Uh, Hawksmoor probably going to be the favorite shipping in. Uh, but Sophie P, are you going to play it straight up or we have some exotics? No, we're going straight up with this one as well at the price. All right, yeah, 12 to 1 morning line with the scratch of Uni. Maybe get like 7, 8 to 1. That's fine in a what is now a 7 uh, horse field. 
in the grade one gamely. Sophie P, second time uh, in the United States for Cassidy and DeSormo. Looking for a little bit of an upset here in uh, the final uh, graded stakes race out at Santa Anita. We got the uh, Gold Cup, the Whittingham, and finally the Gamely. Race 8 should go off around 4 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, and uh, any thoughts from you on the Preakness moving forward, Roger? Boy, that was uh, that was some race. It was a great call by you, and um, you and I talked a little bit during the week. Uh, Asmussen was doing so well that day that we upgraded tenfold a little bit, and uh, it was just, uh, I was just super impressed that uh, uh, good magic went to the throat right away, and uh, it was just, it was, it was a fun race to watch, even though you couldn't see part of it. Yeah, well, that just added to the drama, as it turned out, but that was... Uh... <laughs> It was tough on the race caller. He did a nice job, but, uh, boy, some effort from that horse. I mean, to, like we said, to take all that pressure early and still be there late with horses charging at him. Uh, very, very impressive. Uh, and now we'll see if he can cram even more racing uh, into a very, very short career. <laughs> they justify. Uh, he should be fresh, right? He just started in February, so we'll see. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a new era. It is, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that card. You know, both the Oro going against the older horses and the Met Mile. It's going to be a very interesting day. I just I hope we have some good weather for a change. Yeah, everybody's looking for a dry track. It looks like it now. You never know, but we certainly hope so. Justify show what he can do on off tracks. He handled that, and uh, now he's going to have to handle the distance, and we hope it's dry and good, and we get a fair track and a fair race, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I know it's your guys' home track, so always looking forward to one of the better cards of the year. Probably always top three, top five. Uh, top-to-bottom card of the year at Belmont Day. So that's going to be fun. Roger, have yourself a great weekend. Keep up the good work, and we will talk to you next Saturday. Sounds good, Jason. Thank you. You got it. Roger Neubauer representing Thoroughgraph and doing a heck of a job uh, doing just that. You got three plays there. Sophie P. Um, at Santa Anita to upset the Gamely with Kent DeSormo taking the mount. Uh, a couple plays at Arlington and Churchill Downs. And uh, now we have Jay Friedlander lined up ready to do his thing for you. He's got Churchill and Santa Anita as well. Um, before we go to break, just a reminder, uh, there's a special deal uh, with Naira Betts. Got to remind everybody, they have a special late pick five just for Naira Betts players, so you're not playing against everybody there. And uh, they are guaranteeing $100,000 if you are the only ticket. And we just talked about somebody hit that jackpot uh, at Santa Anita, this is a similar deal. If you're the only winner of the Naira Betts late pick five on Saturdays, minimum $100,000. So uh, there you go. Kind of an interesting uh, little incentive there. And again, like I said, you're only playing against fellow Naira Betts players. So there you go. Uh, if you're that person, minimum hundred grand. if you're the only one. And that's the late pick five uh, at Belmont, Naira Betts. Special for you. All right, we'll take our final break. We'll come back with uh, Mr. Friedlander. He gave us Nova last time. We'll see what he's got this time right here on Inside Racing on AM 1150. The Patriot, AM 1150. Crossing over from gospel to rhythm and blues and the pop charts with the 
unbelievable voice of Mavis Staples out front. The Staples singers for you on Inside Racing. Let's get back to racing. All right, Jay Friedlander, Nova from the outside post with young Mr. Sabalos. Paid six sixty. Jay also caught the try there for you. I know a lot of people hit that. That paid $63. He had another winner that day, one at Churchill. Nice $15 winner Sunday at Santa Anita. And then uh, on Thursday, the early pick five, which he does very, very well on. Uh, hit that one for $130. Had four winners on Thursday. And here we go. So let's bring him on and see what he's got today. comes mr friedlander good morning sir good morning jason how are you i'm doing great uh we're in the uh in the aftermath of a, a wonderful preakness uh yeah. thriller uh you know for the ages uh one of the best preaknesses we've seen in the last several years it really and, was uh, yeah a really fine call for you on bravazo i i really was surprised that horse did as well as he did but with uh with audible now sitting out i think Bravazo might be the biggest threat in the Belmont. Maybe. You know what? I mean, he, you know, he was really wide. I got kind of tipped off to that watching the replay a few times of the Derby. And I remember the first couple of times thinking, Bravazo, really? And then I watched this whole trip, and he was, you know, five, six, seven wide the whole way around, just never stopped running. And uh, this Lucas character, once he gets horses going in the right direction, sometimes they just, you know, they keep going. And um, he's excited to run them in the, in the, in the Belmont. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. Uh, but, boy, he, he just... I didn't see that late run coming in the Preakness either, right? I mean, he was kind of running around there, and you couldn't see him. And then all of a sudden, bam, he comes flying the last 100 yards uh, to really make it interesting there <laughs> late. Yeah, so. yeah, sometimes these horses, uh, especially three-year-olds, just take a little more time to develop. And Bravazo is certainly coming to hand now. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Lucas knows what to do with a good horse. He knows how to get him rolling and keep him going. So pretty fun to have Lucas and Baffert, uh, you know, doing it again. Uh, those guys battled it out. Did not get along very well early in Baffert's career. He was the challenger to the throne. And, and I know, because uh, I knew D. Wayne pretty well in those days, he didn't really like that. And, and Baffert was very good with the media, as was Lucas. Uh, and so he didn't really like the challenge. Uh, things have shifted now. Baffert is the man. Lucas is on his last legs and um, still trying to stay relevant and doing so and kind of just happy to be around and be in the mix. So uh, it's amazing how things change. And now they're buddies. So that's <laughs> and, and they should be. I mean, both guys came from the quarter horse game uh, and, uh, you know, started with sprinters. And boy, have they proven that they can can do it all. And then here's Baffert looking at uh, Boy, a second triple crown. Um, so, see if maybe maybe Lucas is the one to deny him. He'd like to be, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there'd be nothing nothing better at this stage of Wayne Lucas's career to close it out with, uh, you know, uh, spoiling that dream of his uh, <laughs> yeah. his former rival or his current rival. Yeah, exactly. As competitive as these guys are, and that's what you hope for, and that's what the, that's what you're going to get there. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting day, weird day uh, at Pimlico. Felt bad for everybody back there, but. Boy, it ended up with one heck of a horse race, and uh, Justify seems just fine coming out of there. Big red horse ready to roll, and, uh, you know, who better than Baffert to get him to try to get the mile and a half? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you couldn't be in better hands, and it's just scary considering how few races that Justify's had, uh, you know, what his ceiling might be. I mean, I don't think he's anywhere close to his peak. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's you know, that's what makes it so interesting. He's still a fresh horse, but on the other hand, this is a lot of racing in a short amount of time for a horse that, you know, just got started. So you have to decide going into that race which way you think he's going, right? If he's still on the upgrade, it's going to be awfully tough to beat him. If it might be a little much for him, then, boy, you want to take a shot against. So people have to make that decision. That's that's the beauty of the game, and you get to put your money down uh, d d 
based on which way you decide to go there. And it, he's going to be even money, so that should push most people to go against him. But we'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll get after it and, and see what happens. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You want to start uh, today at Churchill? Let's start at Churchill Downs. We'll go to race nine. Uh-huh. Seven furlong uh, first condition allowance race. Uh, the favorite is on the bottom, Honorable Treasure, who just ran a big race over the track at this seven furlong distance, which is certainly uh, one of the main reasons why uh, this horse is favored today. Uh, comes from the barn of uh, Ken McPeak with uh, you know his regular rider, uh, one of his regular riders, Corey Lannery aboard. Yep. Honorable Treasure is certainly you know a deserving favorite in this race. Uh, the uh, second choice uh, is a uh, up uh, more near the top, and that's Gray Sky. Uh, and uh, Gray Sky ran the uh, fastest uh, speed figure in the field uh, last time. And uh, Gray Sky also has uh, nothing to complain about. Uh, certainly should be formidable today. It comes from out of the clouds. The one thing I'd say about Gray Sky is he's not exactly a wind machine. Uh, he's been in the money uh, 20 times out of 36, but only two of those were first. Yeah. So it, it, not exactly somebody I'd bet the farm on. So uh, the horse I really like today uh, is uh, the horse that was actually favored over Gray Sky last time. That's number seven, Bold Prophet. And uh, Bold Prophet is uh, from the uh, Brad Cox barn, Florentia Rua board. Uh, and uh, these two uh, do really well when they team up. 46% wins, 65% in the money. In fact, uh, Cox and Giroux have, I think, five different horses on the Churchill card today teaming up. And I'd have, if you're playing trifectas, I'd make sure every one of those uh, Cox and Giroux horses are on your trifecta ticket in some manner. Uh, 30% wins with beaten favorites. And the reason why I think Bold Profit can turn the tables on Gray Sky, who uh, outfinished him last time, is the distance switch. I mean, that was a two-turn race at Oakland, and now getting seven furlongs, which is a distance uh, that Bold Profit has never really run at. But when you look up at his back races, there was a six-and-a-half uh, on the turf at Kentucky Downs, where he was closing and needed a little more room. And then the next race, he ran a mile, and he started to you know, tail off a little bit toward the end. You just think seven furlongs might just uh, hit Bold Profit right between the eyes. At 7-2, to two, he's the best price of the three. Uh, liking Bold Profit's chances to spring a mild upset in this ninth race at uh, Churchill Downs. Okay, again, this is uh, race nine. It's actually the same race that uh, Roger talked about. He liked the five, Bourbon Country. So maybe there's the uh, there's a, uh, a radio show exacto with Bourbon Country and, uh, and your horse here, Bold Profit, from these phenomenal connections. I mean, boy, like you said, Cox and Giroux teaming up. Uh, you have to take a second and third look at them in every race. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I think the cutback here from a mile to seven furlongs really could be good for Bold Profit. Uh, it could be exactly what he wants to do to get into the winner's circle again. So the seven, Bold Profit, race nine at Churchill. How are you playing these? And, 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 I, will, and I will say that uh, Roger's horse does scare me a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I, I might put Roger's horse on my ticket somewhere, but I'm trying to beat him today. Uh, I'm going with uh, uh, the three horses I mentioned in the trifecta, three, seven, eight, mm-hmm. with three, seven, eight, with all. We'll play it simple. Okay, and again, we're back at race nine at Churchill Downs. There's the focus of the show today, although obviously you guys and the Thoroughgraph have the entire card there and i know you've got some some pick threes some rolling stuff that i know you like uh, on the churchill card here but uh, the play the seven bold profit with the three and uh, excuse me with the two uh, and eight two seven eight in race nine all right let's jump to uh to the great race place where we have three greatest stakes including a really cool gold cup today yeah and uh let's go to uh race four on that and uh uh, the uh, the this is a uh, a maiden race and uh, it's it's kind of an interesting race. There's a lot of 
pretty fast horses for the level in this race uh, you know, that have run uh, speed figures uh, on the brisk scale in the 80s uh, that uh, are more than capable of taking this with the uh, par being a brisk 82. Uh, but I'm going to try to beat all of them, uh, and I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel here. Um, I am looking at the favorite, but he may not be the favorite at post time, uh, or she may not be, and that's uh, number nine, Ficanus, uh shipping overseas uh, from for John Sadler with Corey Nakatani, uh, one of our best turf jocks aboard. Yep. And uh, really like that uh, one race that, that Ficanus ran. Uh, you'll notice uh, Ficanus dwelt at the start there, missed the break completely, uh, started dead last, and then came around, circled all the other horses, and beat 13 of them home. Just uh, didn't quite get to Mississippi, but uh, got all the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big race, and then uh, obviously had some sort of minor physical ailment because it's been off since October, but now has been uh, shipped over here, uh, has been training uh, lights out. Uh, and you don't often see this from these uh, you know longer-winded uh, European horses, but uh, there's a couple of really fast works in there on the dirt. Uh, the May 1st work, 59-4, and the May 8th work of a, a minute one. Uh, so Ficanus is, uh, seems really loaded for this and getting Lasix for the first time. So uh, I think uh, Ficanus will uh, run on that favoritism, but I don't think you're going to see Ficanus. But in fact, you might see Ficanus because uh, you know people won't see a, an American running line drift up a little bit from mm-hmm. the five to two. And uh, I think Ficanus uh, is the horse to, to play in this uh, fourth race at Santa Anita. Okay, like you said, very competitive uh, mile on the grass here. Has to start from an outside post, but does get Corey Nakatani to navigate the trip here on the nine. Ficanus, how do you play it? Okay, uh, we're going to use uh, four horses in here, and uh, we'll, and they're uh, easy to remember because they're all in order. Uh, we'll use uh, numbers uh, two, three, four, and five, and I'll just briefly cover those. Uh, that number two uh, is uh, the uh, – uh, bear with me a second here, Jason. Okay, number two is uh, uh, Curlin's Journey, who has the, uh, the fastest speed. There's a 91 brisk figure back in her background, so if she can run to that, she can be trouble. She's funny from Richard Mandela, uh, and uh, this is trying the uh, turf for the first time, and Della good at that, and uh, she's funny as the price. That's the one we're hoping for. Uh, number four, Gisala, who gets Kent Sormo today, and uh, gets Kent Sormo because uh, Joe Talamo is uh, sticking with uh, number five, Rock and Ready, for Phil D'Amato, and uh, Rock and Ready is the one I think is most likely uh, to be in that trifecta, so you might want to play Rock and Ready an extra time. Uh, the 50-cent trifecta, nine with uh, two, three, four, five with all. Flip it around, two, three, four, five with nine with two, three, four, five. Uh, and then two, three, four, five with two, three, four, five with nine. Right. So putting the nine in the in the first spot, second spot, and then finally in the third spot with the two, three, four, five uh, to beat her if she doesn't get the job done here. Coming over first time in this country from uh, Great Britain for John Sadler and like you said, Corey Nakatani. Jay. Appreciate it. Fun, fun card today. I know you're looking forward to it, as am I. And uh, next week, it looks like you might have the rain, so prepare yourself. And we got the <laughs> Belmont two weeks away. We're going to have some fun here. I'll be ready, Jason. I know you will. All right, appreciate it. Jay Freelander doing his thing for you. I'm Jason Levine. You heard from Steve Pollock. You heard from Roger Neubauer. We got our audio from our man Brent Turner. So on behalf of the entire Inside Racing family, uh, on a beautiful day here in Southern California, wherever you play today, good luck. Knock them dead. And we will talk to you right here next Saturday at 7. Go get them. Am I treated so bad? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.